I'd like to join in with Brother Sean and welcoming everyone out tonight. I hope the things I discuss will be beneficial to you, and I hope we can all gain something that we can apply to our lives. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, Dad and his sermon, he's been talking about King David and Absalom and uh, some of the bad things that happened because of a bad decision ma made by David. Uh, it's a good example of what can happen, uh, what bad can happen uh, by, you know, when we fall. Bad decisions we make or just an error we make. And that, well, it's quite an error, a little bit of an understatement, I guess, David's situation there. But uh, we can definitely uh, hurt others around us because of the bad decisions we make. Toward the end of his lesson today, he said that uh, our decisions or our, the way we live uh, affect others. And he said sometimes good and sometimes bad. And I thought, well, he's been talking about the bad effects uh, last couple of weeks. I'll talk about some good ways. The way we live can affect others. I'd like to look at a few examples from the Bible of people who live righteous lives and how their lives affected others. The first person I thought of was Abraham. Of course, he's, I guess he's one of the first ones that will come to mind when you're thinking about faith, someone with a, a lot of faith. And uh, he was the first one I thought of with, with people who benefited from him. We all know the story of Abraham and, and how much faith that he had uh, whenever uh, uh, he was told he would have a, a son. Um, he, uh, or I'm, Let me back up there. When he was told to get up and to, to leave where he was living and go to a land that God would show him, we know that he did. God promised him a land one he'd never seen. Uh, but uh, he was told to get up and go, and, and uh, by his seed, the world would be blessed, and his family would be blessed, and uh, he would get a place that his family could live one day, and we know that Abraham got up and he went. We know that he was promised Isaac, and eventually he was given that son, and, and we know the story behind that, how long it took for him to get Isaac, and then once he was given Isaac, that he was told to take him up on the mountain and to kill him and offer him up to God and we know that he was prepared to do that because at that point his faith was so strong that uh, he knew that Isaac was the son of promise and that God would bring him back in order to keep the promise going. We see a very interesting story that happens with Abraham. Uh, Abraham and his nephew, uh, their, their families and their, and their herds are getting too big. They're traveling together and they have to separate. There's not enough land to accommodate both of them. So they split up. Abraham gives his nephew Lot, gives him first pick. And we know the story. Lot goes towards Sodom. Uh, and we know what happens there. Over time, uh, the land of Sodom and Gomorrah grew so wicked that God looked down and saw how awful it was and that he was going to have to destroy it. So he doesn't hide what he's going to do from Abraham. He tells Abraham what he's going to do. We know the negotiation that took place between God and Abraham. Abraham offered up, you know, if there's 50 righteous people, will you spare the city? God said he was, or he would. And to get down to 45, he said he would. He drops a little bit more, 30, God said he would, 20. And eventually he got to 10, and God said, for 10, I will spare it. Now, we don't know if Abraham <laughs> said five, you know, if there's one, but... Uh, or maybe Abraham got embarrassed and hated to throw out another number. We don't know. We just know that it got down to for ten righteous people, God would spare the city. And we know what happens. Uh, two angels 
go in. Uh, they meet Lot, who's still living there. Uh, Lot takes them in, and we know that eventually the, the men of the city come, and they demand that uh, Lot turn over the men to them. Uh, Lot will not do it, and the angels uh, get so bad, the angels tell Lot, look, God's going to destroy the city. You're going to have to get out of here. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go and get out. Uh, get just go as far as you can before the city is destroyed. Uh, Lot asks that he can go to a certain city because it's close, and he don't be out in the wilderness. Uh, the angels grant him that. They say, now go get your your daughters, your sons-in-law, and and bring all that you can with you and escape. And we know what happens there. He goes to his sons-in-law. They think he's joking, and uh, he turns, or, but eventually he winds up leaving. He takes his wife and his daughters with him, and they eventually escape. Now, what Burton read just a few minutes ago, uh, Genesis 19, 27 through 29, we see Abraham went out early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. So we see there the very reason that Lot and his family were saved. It was because of the faith of Abraham and the love that God had for Abraham. God allowed them to be saved and to be brought out because of, uh, because of Abraham and because of all that Abraham had done and was going to do. Uh, God felt wanted to bless him. Next example I wanted to look at uh, was is Joseph. Uh, Joseph again, like Abraham, it's it's hard to boil down their story really quick. It's more of an epic uh, story over many chapters and and lots of different events. But we know how Joseph was when he was he was young. Uh, he was favored by his father. His brothers were jealous, and eventually he was sold into slavery. Uh, he didn't curse God when he got sold into slavery. Uh, he was taken into a foreign land. Uh, he was, uh, and I believe you brought it up in your lesson this morning about uh, Joseph and, and uh, uh, Potiphar's wife and how and her advances toward him that, that he, uh, he turned her away and, and uh, made her angry and wound up, he got put into prison because of it. Uh, the butcher and the baker had dreams and uh, he interpreted those dreams. Of course, the, what he said came true. Uh, but he stayed faithful during his time. He didn't curse God when the butcher and baker didn't remember him. Uh, Joseph, he stayed faithful. He stayed strong. And he, he stayed where he was. And eventually, uh, through the providence of God, uh, the power that Joseph had in interpreting dreams was found out when Pharaoh had a dream. And Joseph was brought out to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. And, of course, he did that. And we know that eventually Joseph's family was saved. Uh, they were able to come and get grain and, uh, and to live. But not only was, was Abraham, or, excuse me, Joseph's family blessed because of his faithfulness and, and his willingness to stay where he was, uh, but Egypt, uh, this foreign country that had no interest in God, they benefited from the faithfulness of Joseph. And I think that's another Another thing we can learn from uh, how our faithfulness can benefit other people. Uh, same way with Abraham and, and others we'll see as well. But we know that his brothers, Joseph's brothers came to him. Uh, Joseph was merciful to them. 
and allowed them to uh, come and, and get food for themselves. And we know eventually they all moved into Egypt, and we know when we get into the book of Exodus, not only do they move there, but they thrive there, so much so that the Egyptians became afraid of them. Uh, that's how much those people benefited uh, from the faithfulness of Joseph. And then in Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 through 20, we find out why all this happened. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. His brothers were afraid, uh, especially after Jacob died. They thought that now that daddy's gone, well, he'll, he'll get his vengeance now. And the reason they thought that, it's probably what they would have done. But uh, uh, Joseph here, he wants to reassure them, that's not what's going to happen. I'm not in the place of God. Uh, you meant these things for evil. Uh, but because this happened, God used it to bring about good and then at the very end to save many people alive. So not only, not only his brothers, his father, uh, and his family, but many people were saved uh, because of what had happened to Joseph, his, his family, the people of Egypt, and so on. The next person I'd like to look at is, is Noah. And this is, a, this is a story we're all familiar with, a little easier to boil down. Uh, we know that the world had gotten very bad, uh, the world at this point so bad, God was ready to destroy the world. And God looked down and he saw one man, he saw Noah. Uh, Noah was a just man, especially in his time. He was, uh, and God came to Noah and he told Noah what he was going to do. And he told Noah that he had to build a boat. He told him how to build the boat. And if he built that boat, that he and his household would be saved and we know what happened uh, Noah and his sons they built the boat and eventually uh, the flood came and the uh, him and his family went into the boat and they were all saved Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1 then the Lord said to Noah come into the ark you and all your household because I have seen that you are righteous before me in the genera in this generation uh, and so as, and as the author of Hebrews says uh, Noah, he was one of eight that were saved during that time. And those eight were saved because of exactly what it says right here in chapter 7, verse 1. Uh, he, God saw that Noah was righteous before him in his generation. So because of Noah, those in his household benefited as well. And the last person I want to look at is Rahab. Rahab's a little, a little different than, than some of these these others, I think her story, we, we know how that went. Uh, she lived in the uh, city of Jericho in the wall of the city. Uh, at the time that she lived, uh, the uh, children of Israel had crossed the Red Sea. And by Rahab's own words, we know that the people of Jericho were very afraid because they knew God had brought the people across the Red Sea and it brought them toward Jericho. Uh, they knew that the power of God was behind, was behind them and the people of Jericho were very afraid. Uh, the spies came to Rahab's house. She hid them. And while they were there, she asked them, because she had shown them kindness, to please show her kindness, save her and her family when the destruction came. And of course, the spies told her, because of, if you, say, if you don't say anything uh, to anyone, then we will uh, show you kindness as well. We will save you and your family. Uh, when the when the time comes that the city is destroyed, 
And then we see that that promise came to be Joshua 6, 22 through 25. Uh, Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and from there bring out the woman and all that she has uh, as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire, only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day, because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Uh, so here again, because of the faith of, of Rahab, and it was faith, Hebrews 11 bears that out. Uh, the, by faith, Rahab hid the spies. Um, but because of that faith, we see her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had uh, were saved. We don't read anything or we're not told anything that her father, her mother, her brothers, or anyone else did that, that put them in a position to be spared as well. We only know of what, Abraham, or what uh, Rahab did. And the same thing if you go back and you look at uh, Lot's wife, his daughters, his sons-in-law, and, and, uh, and those, we, we're not told anything that they did that may have caused them uh, to be saved. Um, no, and 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 then Noah's Noah's sons. We could, you know, you could make the argument that they did help their dad. Uh, they did help him build the ark. We're not we're not told uh, if they complained or if they thought it was ridiculous or or anything like that. Uh, maybe they did it just out of the respect for their father uh, and, and did those things. But uh, anyway, these what we do know for sure is because of the faith of these four people. Many people were saved uh, on this earth. They were spared. Uh, I wouldn't say they were saved for eternity. I would just say that they were spared from a certain destruction in one way or another in each one of these cases. And again, uh, from what we can tell, by, by nothing that they did that God was showing them any, any favor. And there are other people that we could mention. You could, you could mention Moses and go through, go through his story. Uh, with the children of Israel and, and the many times that he interceded on their behalf. Uh, God was ready to, to scrap the plan and, and uh, get rid of them and start over. And Moses uh, would intercede for them and, and ask them to spare them. Uh, we've got the story of Mordecai and, and Esther, uh, the faith that both of those had uh, in sparing uh, all the children of Israel again. They were about to be destroyed. And because of their faith, they went up against the king and uh, spoke on behalf of their people, and their people were spared. Uh, these things happened because of the faith of just a couple people. And whether it was, whether it was you know, their family or you know, people that would never even know, uh, they did these things. And, and they did these things just a lot of times, you know, just doing and, and how they would live and going about. Does God do that today? Does he, does he give us this same favor? Uh, we know how God worked at one time. God, will, God still works today in some respects. I know Dad told the story once before. It's been several years now that uh, uh, you know, he would get called to the hospital to, uh, to meet with someone, talk with them, pray with them, different things as, as they would get sick. And this one time in particular, uh, a woman's husband was, was in the hospital 
And he, he had taken the turn for the worse, and they called and, and asked if he could come up and have a prayer with him. Well, in the meantime of getting ready to go up there, things really got bad. And uh, they were going to have to take him in quick and do some emergency surgery. By the time Dad got there, he was on the bed ready to be rolled in. And uh, the, the wife saw him, saw Dad coming in and said, okay, we're going to pray real quick. And uh, the doctors were, they, they didn't want to. They said, no, we've got to get him in here now. We've got to go. And she said, no, we're going to pray first. And, of course, they insisted. We, we don't have time. We've got to get him in this room. And she basically told them, uh, you know, you're going to wait. We're going to pray. Now pray. <laughs> she said today. And then Dad said, you know, he didn't know what to do. He just dropped his head, started praying. And uh, he said, uh, I think he, he said kind of a quicker prayer than normal. Uh, but he prayed. They prayed for his health. They prayed for his recovery. Uh, and then he was taken into surgery. And, of course, you know how the story is going to end, just to go with the lesson. Uh, but uh, against, against everything the doctors could explain, uh, and they said as much, uh, the man recovered, and he was granted more life. Uh, and then the question that Dad raised there at the end, well, you know, why, why if, if God interceded and, and gave him life, why? Who did he do it for did he do it uh, for the doctors? You know, it, wasn't for, it wasn't for them. Uh, did he do it for the man? Well, the man was in such bad shape, you know, he, couldn't, he couldn't ask on behalf of himself. Um, was it because dad's a good preacher and, and just led a you know, great prayer? I would say, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a good prayer, but you've know, you got to know it was the faith of the wife who insisted. Um, if, if anybody was getting favor at that point, that's who you would, you would want to point it to. And of course we have to come at these things with the, with the caveat of we don't always get what we ask for and, and things don't always work out the way we, we want them to. But we definitely want to make sure that we are in a position to be able to ask for those things. We, we want to be in a position to get this favor. Uh, we want God to look down at us and save somebody we love or grant a prayer for our country that we ask for because of our righteousness, because we are our person after his own heart, and he wants to give us what we want. Or because we get blessed, maybe we get blessed with uh, uh, financial blessings or, or other types of blessings that just because we get them, our family and others around us benefit from them. Uh, again, nothing that they did, but uh, just, just uh, I think of Job when I think of that. And how righteous he was and, and, uh, and how wealthy he was. And, you know, his family benefited just from his righteousness and his wealth in that case. And I think, especially now, this time of year, we think about uh, the New Year's coming up. It's time to start making our New Year's resolutions. And uh, to me, this, a lesson like this and these thoughts give us an extra incentive um, when we go to make our resolutions. Sometimes we need a little more motivation than just to help ourselves. Uh, usually when New Year's comes around, one of the first things everybody thinks of, I want to be more healthy, I want to do, you know, and, and that's good, and, and we should. Uh, but sometimes if, if we just think about ourselves and, and we think, ah, I, I better not eat that, or I need to go take a walk, and we're just thinking because it'll make me feel better, sometimes that's not enough motivation. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> when you really get those uh, uh, motivational speeches from someone else and they, they tell you, you know, you need to do this because you don't want to leave your kids without a father. You don't want to, you know, you got uh, all these people that depend on you and want you around. That's how they get you. You know, that's how they get you to uh, go beyond. And I think the same thing could be done here. Uh, sometimes we get disgusted with ourselves. We get so frustrated with our own sins that 
you know, sometimes you, you know, we think I don't deserve to be saved and I'm, I'm about to the point I just want to give up. But if you can look and say, well, if, I'm, if I get through it and I be, be righteous, maybe my example can help my family, people I work with, you know, just everybody around you uh, can feed off of that and grow as well. And that's what we, that's what can keep us going. And I encourage you to keep that in mind uh, as you make your resolutions and, that, and as you make up your mind how you're going to keep those resolutions. I believe that's one of the best motivators we can have. <clears throat> but the thing we always have to keep in mind as well, all of these people who were saved, uh, and I keep saying saved, and, I, and I, I've intended to make myself say spared, uh, because saved always gives the impression they were saved uh, after they were dead, through eternity and, and all that. I mean spared of this destruction. Uh, the man who was, was spared because his wife had so much faith that she said, no, we're not doing surgery yet. We're going to pray first. Then we're going to do surgery. Um, he was spared. Uh, Lot's children were spared. Uh, Joseph's brothers and family were spared. All these people were spared, uh, but they were not necessarily saved. Uh, we know that Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, we're told that we have to work out our own salvation. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10 uh, says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. So eventually, we have to, we have to save ourselves uh, on our own. Uh, we, we, can, we can help bless others while they're on this earth, and hopefully that will work out into them being saved by our example or, or, or by what they see happen. Um, but of course, we have to know that they have to make up or they have to make that decision on their own. And another thing we have to learn from each one of these lessons as well, or examples, is that God may offer His grace. Uh, as he did to all these other people. Uh, he may offer that grace, but we must be willing to accept that grace and to take it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In Genesis chapter 19 and verse 14, we were talking about Lot's family earlier, and uh, Lot was told to go out and get his sons-in-law and daughters and, and bring them with him. Lot went out, and when he begged him to come with him, it says his sons-in-law, uh, who, who had married his daughters, and said, get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. So the grace of God was extended to them, but they didn't take it. Uh, they decided that uh, they thought uh, he was joking, maybe thought he was crazy, uh, and all that. But... Uh, in that case, the grace was extended, but it was not taken. And it would be the same thing for Joseph's brothers and his other family and then Rahab's family as well. Uh, Rahab's family could have thought that, uh, oh, we're, we're, in, you know, we're in the wall. We're safe. If they attack, we live in the wall of the city. Uh, we, we're, we're fine. We'll be fine. Uh, we're not told that they would have thought that and, and probably wouldn't have. Uh, but they, they could have possibly said that. Uh, Joseph's brothers 
either out of fear of Joseph or out of their own pride could have said, well, we ain't going, we're not going to Egypt. We're not going down there and let him, you know, say, I told you so, and now who's in charge, and, and, uh, and all that. Uh, they, could have, they could have said, no, we're not, we're not going to Egypt. We'll just stay here, and we'll, we'll figure it out ourselves. Uh, but God's grace was extended to these, and they went and took it. Uh, Noah as well, uh, his, his sons, I, I think about them a lot. You know, it could have been very easy for them to, to have given up on him and uh, said, Dad, this, this is crazy. What are we doing? Uh, why, why are we, you know, people making fun of us? Or it's, it's, you know, what's a flood? Uh, but uh, they, uh, the grace was offered to them, and we see that, that they were in a position to receive it as well. They took it. Uh, Noah as well. Noah got, found grace in the sight of God, but he had to build the boat. Uh, and without building the boat, then he would not have been saved. His household wouldn't have been saved. And, and I, I thought about that too. I wonder how many times Noah got, got tired or thought, you know, again, what am I doing? Uh, but then he'd look at his family and he'd think, well, if I don't build this boat and there is a flood, they're going to be destroyed. And that's what maybe kept him going. I, and I like to think uh, he had uh, those thoughts that kept him moving forward. And here in this verse, I, I thought this was real interesting when I read it. Uh, I've always thought it was interesting. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household. I think that's so, so interesting the way that's worded. Uh, the Lord didn't say, all right, Noah, go in the ark. He says, come into the ark, which, you know, we know what's implied there. God was already in the ark. And he's telling Noah, you could come in here, bring your household with you. Bring all the animals in here with us. And, uh, and Noah did. It put me in mind of what Titus was talking about uh, a couple Sunday nights ago, just before Thanksgiving. He was, he was talking about how uh, coming to a table for a meal is was, was a very important thing uh, in our culture and in a lot of other cultures. It's a big deal. And, uh, and, and what he, the lesson he, he made there is that when we take the Lord's Supper, you know, we don't, we don't just come here and gather you know, because it's our custom, because it's what we do, we come here because we were invited by God to come here and to have this memorial service for His Son. And that's what we do. And I thought that was very interesting, just a, a comparison here when, when Noah was invited to come into the ark. Uh, we've, we've been invited for other things as well, and we, we have to figure out where we are tonight. Uh, we've also been invited to join the kingdom of God, uh, and many of us have. And, uh, and if you have not, I urge you to consider that and to, and to join his kingdom. That invitation is out there. Uh, his grace has been extended to you. You have life now. You still have time uh, to join that kingdom. And it's your, your, your choice whether you want to accept that invitation or not. Uh, in Matthew 22, we're given the example of a king gave a, a wedding he was giving a wedding feast and was inviting everyone. And we, we know the, the comparison there. It's God giving out this invitation and, and, and he invited so many. And, and a lot of people turned down the invitation, didn't want to come. And, and went as far as just to, uh, to uh, kill his messengers uh, that came. But uh, this, this invitation, it's, it's a very big deal. And, and that's what we want to offer tonight. Uh, I, I ask you to keep these things in mind. Please use them for motivations in, in your life and, and trying to be more righteous, uh, things that keep you going. And when you feel like giving up, don't, you know, don't just 
Think about how it helps you or benefits you. Think about how it benefits those around you that, that mean more to you than hopefully yourself.